So, Wiley Coyote has a problem. <laughs> He's trying to catch a bird, but the bird is too fast, right? So what should he do? So he, he thinks and he thinks and he thinks, and then his face lights up and something appears over his head. What is it? What is it? Um, a, a light bulb. And then in the next scene, you see him climbing onto a rocket or attaching himself to a rocket or climbing into a cannon, or, or maybe he's covering the road in something sticky. The problem is speed. And so he needs something, either some type of a solution, either to make himself faster or to slow the roadrunner down, right? Of course. The light bulb, however, is never quite bright enough because all of his bright ideas fail spectacularly, right? But again and again, he needs those light bulb moments or those epiphanies, those sort of revelations to keep moving the cartoon forward. He and presumably the cartoonists need to keep coming up with new ideas in order for, for the show to continue. Well, in the Gospel of Matthew, what moves us forward after Christmas is Epiphany, which is similar to those aha moments that we might have, but it's, it's like the biggest aha moment where, where God's light shines into the darkness at Christmas, and then we need to figure out, well, what do we do now? Where do we go next after Christmas, after the holidays? So Epiphany and the story of the wise men, if you've heard this story before, is this transition where we figure out what to do, what to do after Christmas and how to, how to move forward. So will, will the light that we receive at Christmas help us to see more clearly and more honestly? Or will we choose to close our eyes? I mean, I mean we, have, we have options. Well, instead of a light bulb over our heads, the story of the wise men gives us a star overhead. So let's listen as we read together Matthew chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men, or magi, from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me words so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. 
Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So you've heard this story before, right? Presumably, maybe. Uh, But maybe our familiarity with this story keeps us from hearing it as, as we're supposed to. The Magi arrive, and immediately in the popular imagination of Matthew's first audience 2,000 years ago, the wise men are like Wiley Coyote, who is smart enough to come up with all these complicated traps to catch a bird, but not smart enough to actually make any of them work, right? So these wise men or magicians, Magi, which is where we get the word magician, Um, are from what was once the land of of Babylon, which takes us back to the stories from the exile where the great and violent Babylonian kings would have these confusing and terrible dreams. And so what would they do? Well, well, they would call the the wise men. They would call their magicians and and their smartest advisors to ask them, to help them interpret or to help help them shine some light on what what this dream meant. But what we're told over and over again in all of those stories is that these wise men did not understand. They didn't know what the dreams were and they didn't know what they meant. They didn't know and they couldn't figure it out. So these wise men show up and immediately we're thinking, well, this should be interesting because they come as stereotypes uh, into this story and we assume that we already know them. We assume that we already know Um, how they're going to behave and what they're going to do. And it it seems sort of funny that they're even called wise men because we know that they're not actually that smart. They think they're smart, but obviously, like, unlike us, they're not. You see, they spend all of their time getting their their wisdom from CNN. (laughs) They spend all of their time getting their information from Fox News. We already know these wise men, and we, we think we know what they're going to do. We know what they believe. We already know that they're wrong. We already know that they're going to be wrong, and we already know that we're right. That's how the story begins. That's how, how we read this story. Matthew wants these assumptions within us to rise to the surface, all of those assumptions that say we're right and they're wrong. I mean, notice already that the Magi are following a light that isn't the true light. It's a star. It's, it's their idol. In their pagan faith, it's their God. And in the older stories, these wise men, they always gave their allegiance to the powerful and to the violent kings. That's who they served. That's who they always served. So, of course, their star would lead them to Herod. Who else? I mean, Herod is their guy. Herod is like their... They're perfect profile match. Wise men go with violent dictators. That's just sort of, sort of the way it is. Herod is like Pharaoh who enslaved God's people in Egypt. Herod is like Nebuchadnezzar, the, the warrior king of Babylon who destroyed Jerusalem and enslaved or ca- took, took uh, God's people into captivity. Only now, Herod oppresses God's people in their own land, in their own home. So we have a king who surprised Surprise is driven by power 
and by privilege and by self-interest. But then, then something sort of surprising happens in, in this story, or something surprising happens. The, the cameras turn off or, or, or the artist stops drawing and, and the roadrunner, he goes outside for a smoke and while he's doing this, he yells at some kids who, who are just trying to get an autograph to, to leave him alone. But, but Wiley Coyote smiles and he happily, happily talks to these kids and he gives them his autograph and he takes pictures with them and, and then after that, he walks across the street to volunteer at a, at a, at a homeless shelter and we're like, wow, I, I didn't see that coming. You mean, you mean Wiley Coyote's the good guy and, and the Roadrunner's the bad guy? I, I, I didn't see that coming. And, and instead of pledging allegiance to Herod, the wise men ask where they can find a child. You mean, you mean they're not looking for someone like Herod? That, that doesn't make any sense. Herod is their guy. So, so the star is actually guiding them in, in the right direction. This star is, is taking them away from power and privilege, the thing that they've, they've always sought after. This star is taking them towards a vulnerable and powerless child. And in this aha moment of seeing Jesus and experiencing the light of God with us, these wise men pay homage to a very different kind of king, a shepherd, a shepherd king, a shepherd who, who would, would guide gently a flock, who would, would feed his flock, a shepherd who would protect his flock. So, so once again, in, in these stories, our, our prejudices and our, our stereotypes are, are called into question and they're, they're turned upside down. Maybe our, our cartoonish caricatures of of those people aren't always entirely accurate. Maybe standing at a distance and criticizing keeps us from from seeing clearly or seeing more honestly. Maybe the people we hate are, are more complicated and more nuanced than we would like to believe. And honestly, there are times when I really just don't want to believe that. I would rather be angry. I would rather hold on to the resentment that I feel towards certain people. Maybe that's just me. But these magi or these wise men on this side of Christmas, they're, they're unsettling and, and they're disturbing. I'm sorry, it's just, that's, that's the way they are. They, they unsettle us because, because they're not who they're supposed to be. They don't play the role that we expect them to play. And if, if that's true, then, then maybe I'm not everything that I think I am. Again, in the story where I'm the good guy and they're the bad guy, maybe I'm not everything that I think I am. Maybe there's plenty of room for me to grow. Maybe there's plenty of room for me to see more clearly or, or to see myself more honestly. Maybe there's room for me to change and not just for them to change. So this is the season of epiphany. This is that, that season of of figuring out what to do with the light, of, of being invited to let our eyes adjust to the light. Maybe it's, it's just been really dark for too long. The Magi are inviting us to a, a new openness or, or a new sense of humility 
as we navigate life in our oh-so-divided world. I mean, our, our world is divided, right? Doesn't it, doesn't it feel sort of divided? Yeah, obviously. And Epiphany invites us to consider where we're going and, and who we're following. Will we follow the way of, of self-interest, the way of self-image, the way of, of self-preservation at the expense of everyone else? Or will we follow Jesus? Or will we follow Jesus' way of, of love and of grace in the world? Epiphany invites us to a, a new openness and, and a new way, following Jesus' way of love in the world. Please pray with me. Jesus, we pray that in this, in this Epiphany season, that we would see more clearly in the light of, of, of God with us, that we would see more honestly. In Jesus' name we, name we pray. Amen.